If you're a more energetically sensitive, creative leader or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes, blends business and spiritual principles to help creatives, leaders, and entrepreneurs identify common energetic roadblocks and how to overcome them to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Anna Long Stokes. I'm so excited because today we have a special guest. Our special guest is Josh Hanum. Still hoping I said that correct. Did I do that right, Josh? That was right. Awesome. Josh is a CEO and founder. I'm guessing you're the founder, correct? One of the founders, yes. yes. One of the founders, okay, of um, Interact quiz software. And I'm going to let him talk more about that and kind of give his own introduction here. And this is going to be an interesting, I think it's going to be an interesting interview because um, Josh identifies as an empath. He's a, he's a founder of a tech software company and he outreached to be on the podcast and share his story. And I think it's going to be an interesting one. So Josh, Let's just have you give us a little introduction. I would love to know more about how you got started in this. When did you start it? Why? Tell us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it a lot. Um, it started back in, well, 2012, 2013-ish is kind of when it all came together. I was in college at the time at UCLA. And I started working with two friends of mine there because we we all kind of had semi-entrepreneurial backgrounds and were interested in doing our own things. So we just kind of came together. We enjoyed spending time together too. So I started taking on like web design clients, building websites for people. This was kind of early days before Squarespace and all that really was on the market. So we would build a site for people. And within that, the idea of doing a quiz came along and we really thought that was cool. And so one of the other guys suggested that we make a quiz software, uh, which we had no idea how to do. And we kind of just jumped into it and started the company. So that was like the very kind of haphazard roundabout way of starting it. But since then, what I've come to really appreciate about what the quizzes do is how they can facilitate a connection between a brand or a company or a coach who is making the quiz and then the person on the other end who's taking that quiz because you can ask questions that are written in your voice and your style and it's a very personal experience taking a quiz. Um, people tell us the last 10 years that they're oftentimes more honest answering these online quizzes than they are in real life because it's low stakes and I think people want to be honest, but sometimes it feels like there's strings attached. If you'd say how you really feel or mm. you're really honest about, you know, your situation, 
you feel like there's going to be some sort of ramification to that. But if you're taking an online quiz that's supposed to be helpful to you, then you can actually be really straightforward. And so that's what I've come to really appreciate about the business over the last 10, 11 years. And obviously, like I've grown and changed tremendously because we were 19 years old when we started. And Wow. <laughs> It's been more than a third of my life that I've worked on it now. So it's really been a a life slash work growth kind of intertwined. Wow. That's so so you weren't even done with school when you started this. No, no. It was like the end of our second year in school. So it was it was early, early uh you know, still in our teens. Wow, that's this is what really smart people at UCLA do. They're like, we aren't busy enough with our schoolwork. Let's create a business <laughs> and a really techie quiz, which I understand um, that period of time. <clears throat> I remember teaching myself like CSS coding and figuring out how to des design websites that looked terrible, but they were good enough because there was nothing easy out there. These kids these days do not know how good they have it with like Squarespace. And I remember when like, I mean, Weebly, when Weebly came out and that was like revolutionary and now Squarespace and it's like, I was back there, you know, figuring out how to code with CSS, just watching like 40 to 80 hours of video, just coding and my websites were so ugly, <laughs> but they were like, what can I do? <laughs> so that's so crazy. That's such a cool story. And for, for those of you, I know some of the listeners, probably a lot of you who listen have taken the empath type quiz on my website. And that was so fun to create because, um, well, first off, I just kind of, like empath type, that was something where that's just something I've noticed. It wasn't like I went to school and was like, I learned about these empath types. It was just like, I've noticed as a clairvoyant teacher over the last number of years and as an empath myself, that there are people who naturally have different empath types. Josh, have you taken the empath type quiz? Yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, man, I wish my memory was better because I took it like... <laughs> A week ago, and I remember being like, wow, that really resonates. And um, probably if I didn't take, like, 50 quizzes a week, I would remember. You would remember, yeah. yeah. I would imagine that a lot of people take your quiz and do it in Yeah, oh but it's been really, it was really cool, honestly, not only from the, the perspective of those who take it and kind of learn about themselves through that process, but it was really fun to create it and just think about my audience in that way, like, what is really helpful for them to know about why they are the way they are and how that's kind of totally normal. Like it's okay to operate in the world this way. Um, so I feel like if nothing else, going through the process of taking that quiz and having it shoot out a result that's like, yeah, there's other people like you who function in the world this way. Even if that's all they get of it, they never work with me, like that's the end of the road for our journey. That's, I think, really illuminating and cool. So I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners have taken that, but 
if you've taken it, that's Josh's software. So that's super cool. Um, happy to have him here. So tell us a bit about what being an empath looks like for you. Like, what does that look like in your day-to-day life, in your business? When did you start to kind of see yourself that way or recognize yourself as such? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, words like, well, I I think words like empath are newer to me in terms of my background i think it often got uh it got branded in other ways that were less uh less nice um you know overly sensitive or anxious things like that i think got overlaid onto it a lot and i think in, in terms of my experience and just kind of coming to recognize it i think it's it's really come to bear in the sense that when there is conflict or there are difficult things going on specifically as it relates to people uh that affects me really deeply and it can throw me off a lot whereas what other people would consider to be very daunting scary situations with like how are we supposed to figure this out or how are we supposed to do this what strategy are we going to use doesn't bother me right almost at all um and so that's where it really started to become like very uh present in my life where it's like oh okay there's there's a dichotomy here like when this comes to things that are happening and i'm sensing things um from other people that that really can affect me a lot whereas if it's purely just about like a tactic and a strategy and for other people that might be really overwhelming doesn't doesn't have the same type of effect so that's really where it's kind of come to 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 play out and then think just in terms of noticing you know noticing i think is a big word for me it's like i notice a lot and that can be they can be very good and also a huge challenge. Yeah. So, especially as a leader, right? Yeah. I mean, the specific way that I think about it a lot is I have to be able to choose when to use that tool and when to not use that tool. And to know that I'm not going to always get that right because, you know, when I want to, I can be highly perceptive and very much just like sense everybody's needs in a situation and like get really wrapped up in that and kind of just like diagnose and go in and like solve all the problems except once you start to grow and especially as as the business grows you can't you'll get really underwater really really fast um especially when it comes to like, you know, focus uh, and clarity within the business because we don't do a lot of things that uh, people want and that they ask for and their strong anger responses to that. Very, very strong. Do you feel like, so when the pressure comes in or the this kind of sensitive, uh, well, you're, you're, when you're sensing 
Okay, so for me, that was most challenging as a leader. So for, for me, that usually came from the team. Like the team, this is back when I had a beauty business. I had two locations, a team of almost 20 people, and I was the leader. And that was like, everyone had an opinion about what we needed to be doing. And even if they weren't telling me, I knew it because I'm pretty empathic. And so whether they were telling me or they were saying it to each other, like I knew I knew what people wanted of me, like, and some of it was great, some of it wasn't, some of it I could address in the moment, some of it I couldn't address for a couple of years, some of it I had no intention of addressing because that wasn't my journey, my mock-up for my business. But either way, that put a lot of strain and pressure on me. And I often wished I could just be, I'm going to say this, a dude, a typical dude leader, a bro leader who's like, like I asked my grandpa, okay, my grandpa was this very successful, he, he's passed now. He died at like 93. He ran this auto parts business in Idaho forever, not an empath. And I went to him during like one of the hardest times of running my company. And I was like, grandpa, like, how did you do it for so many years? Like, wasn't it so hard? And he just had no idea what I was talking about. He's like, it wasn't hard. It's because he had no he didn't care what anyone thought about him. Like he didn't have those sensitivities. And I, and I was just like, wow, that must've been so easy. So I, so there's, there's always these like benefits and drawbacks to being an empath and having these sensitivities, but I mostly struggled with it in relation to my team, as opposed to the customer. Sure. Things came up with the customers. I had to manage that, the Yelp reviews, the emails, this and that, but that didn't kind of get to me quite as much. It was usually the team dynamic. So when this comes up in your company, what gets to you the most? Where is it hardest? Like what grouping is hardest for you? Yeah, I think it's concentric circles of who's closest to me in terms of like what the overlap is and the responsibility, you know, somebody that core within our team which we're a small team so that's pretty much everybody uh you know when when somebody's struggling or has a, a strong differing opinion or isn't feeling fulfilled in their work that is that's the hardest for sure uh, then it kind of expands out from there you know key partners of our business we partner with uh, some folks in the industry that we have key partnerships with and then expanding out to customers and then expanding out to like not customers who just have something to say. So yeah. it it goes in in rings like that. But what you just said about your grandpa, I, I think about and I actually practice within I practice within safe relationships, purposely letting people down. Uh, and those people know that I'm practicing that. Um, you know, so if I misstep or just like a very concrete example, I like make plans with somebody and then I, and I get overwhelmed or, or need to cancel last minute, I'll like purposely just kind of not handle it super well and let that be for a second and then circle back around. But sitting in that liminal space of like, I know that what I just did is not going to be the thing that this person would want and i'm just gonna sit there and let that be for a second mm -hmm. uh, it has has been a really important practice for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And um, how do the people in your life handle you? Because this sounds like maybe this is a newer practice. <laughs> that is a newer practice, yeah. How do, how do the people around you handle Josh establishing almost what I would call maybe different or energetic boundaries as you're, you know, because you at a certain point you go, I have to do what I have to do to take care of myself. So how how has that been? as an empathic leader, partner, friend, fiance, as you have to do things differently, are people? how are people around you adjusting? Yeah, people are very supportive, and that takes different forms. Sometimes support means actually just responding honestly, um, even if the response is uh, disappointment or being upset. That's very helpful to me because I know those relationships are safe. And even though there is um, what I perceive as a negative reaction, that's okay. And it moves on and, you know, there's repair in the relationship. And that's something that, you know, it's going back to those kind of concentric circles, like within our team at work, of course, we practice a lot of that and we have a great coach that works with all of us and is very good at creating a culture for us of of working through things as a team but w once you get out to like the customer level there's hardly ever repair you know if somebody's upset they're just going to let you know that they're upset and they're going to leave and that's that's hard for me i mean that's that's a very like real example of feeling that pain that somebody will be on who's not as empathic might just be like yeah whatever like they're dumb like mm -hmm. they whatever you know they're just being mean for no reason um whereas that might affect me on a deeper level what do you feel like being empathic when i always like to ask in these interviews what do you feel like your empathic qualities like what's the biggest asset and what's the biggest liability that you've noticed on your journey so far like biggest mm -hmm. asset biggest liability i think the biggest asset is is really being able to speak to what people are feeling and what it is that actually matters to them um that's something that has always been a strength of mine in terms of whether I'm writing or I'm on a video or I'm creating, whatever I'm creating, the ability to communicate in a way that cuts through the noise of like, oh, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, but it's like, how do you actually feel? And what's actually going on with you? And what are you actually trying to do? And how does that correlate back to who you are and your experiences? I think that's a huge asset um uh -huh. the biggest liability is like you said the energy boundaries not having those in place and those those can be a bit tricky because unlike other types of boundaries it's not as obvious it's not as straightforward as like oh well at you know 4 p.m i close my laptop right it's like okay that's that's a very tangible thing but to be able to say like Oh, I'm I'm going to choose to not absorb this negativity, this negative energy that I'm hearing from this customer or this sector of people or whatever it is. Um, 
that that's I think the biggest liability in it because those mm. things can, you know, get me to a place where it feels it feels almost like not worth the effort to you know continue trying to build the build things and and grow and reach customers because it's like if it's just going to end up here where like all these people are upset even though that was you know my intention is to you know we started the company because we were like oh this thing actually helps people and we experience this problem and we know how to fix this problem so let's do that and yet what you often get back is like, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Um, I think when it feels like that's going to be the end result and that's all I'm hearing, mm. then, it, then it can be very demotivational. Oh my gosh, totally. And it's so funny to me just as a, just playing here as like, I'm also your customer and I've like never had a problem with your company. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I just like created my quiz and it just runs on the back end. So it's like also just as like the more objective observer, probably 90% of your customers never even contact you because they have no issues, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. I, um, my, we are in Kauai right now and we were visiting my husband's brother at one of his restaurants and he's just, he's in it. He's so sick of like, you know, the, 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 the two customers that, you know, leave the bad Yelp review. Um, and I remember what that was like running my beauty business. We would have, I would wake up in the morning and it was almost like I had this just like adrenaline running through my body, which I now understand is like, it's just like my body's like trauma response to what is, what am I waking up to now? What is the customer? Is it going to be a bad Yelp review? Is it going to be a break-in? Is it going to be a Google review? Is it going to be a, a person quit? <laughs> it was like, what am I waking up to? And I would wake up in a, like an adrenaline surging through my body. And it's taken me, you know, I sold the company two and a half years ago. And it's like, only am I getting to that place where it's like, I wake up and I'm not in that. And it's, it's great. Um, and even through that whole journey, I was doing extensive energy work and there was still so much like reprogramming I had to do because uh, I don't know, I, I was in it. I was in it and I, I was having a hard time getting out of it. Um, but yeah, it was just so like, it was like, it was like I was almost re-triggered being back in his presence because I saw this beautiful restaurant he had built. I saw all the people who were coming up to it so excited to eat there. I saw the glass half full but he was in the energy of that person who had left the bad yelp review a couple of weeks ago even though there had been 10 people who left the five star reviews since you know so it's such a it's such a game it's such a thing we it's an energy we can fall into it's it you know it's just it's the way it is um i have my my uh energy hygiene guide i've been really pumping out in the last um three weeks because it's so energy hygiene it's so important we need to like take care of our energy right we're, we're so focused on like the brushing the teeth the hair but it's like mm. i so resonate with what you said it's like why am i creating this if if all i do is if, at the end of the day get stuck in all these mm. people are mad at me or like i created a business where i feel stuck or trapped or 
even if all of that is an illusion we've created around ourselves, which is kind of easy to do sometimes as an empath. Um, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about the work I do with empathic entrepreneurs, because I have seen a lot of great empathic entrepreneurs who do end up, you know, either selling when they should have waited to sell. They sold too soon. They could have gotten such a higher valuation or they literally just walk away from it because they're like, I'm done. And I'm like, do we don't walk away yet? Like, you, like, please, you know, like you can get something from this. Like, just not yet because of these energy things, you know, and it's in, it's in, it's energy. Like, you know, it's not even a physical reality. It's not a problem. It's not a financial thing. Like we watch these shows on television, like the restaurant save, savior shows where it's like, yeah, you guys are a hundred thousand in debt. You can't pay your rent next month. I get why you might have to walk away. But when we're talking about empathic entrepreneurs, sometimes it's literally the energy we're running away from. So sometimes it is a liability. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Something yeah. that's worth investing in our energy. Yeah. I mean, what's that? That quote is like, you know, f companies don't fail because of strategy or tactics or whatever. They fail because the founders run out of energy. Mm. And I haven't heard that, but I, uh, I should have created that. <laughs> like, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so true. And I mean, you can even look at it like in public companies that you see it's like when the, the founders stay engaged and they stay involved like it's very different in terms of how those companies grow and sustain over decades and yeah uh, i love the energy hygiene idea uh, i'll uh see see if there's a, a quiz we can do there i think that'd be fun Ooh, yeah. um like i don't know energy hygiene assessment um because i feel like yeah. it could be really enlightening for people just to see reflected back to them, you know, like you ask questions about their energy hygiene habits and, you know, they answer the questions and then it's like, oh, actually, you're probably feeling pretty burnt out right now. You're probably feeling like your energy is low. Mm -hmm. um, and just to kind of go through that process, because you don't always think about it day to day. You're like, and, you know, I have really good people around me that I can reflect on things with. And I'll go through my day and I'm like, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I'm like, oh, well, no wonder I feel drained. Uh, mm -hmm. Those things were all very energy draining um, mm -hmm. rather than energy giving. And so that would be really cool. I, I, I feel like that would be a great please, therapist to be. Please. Yes. Yes. Yes to all of that. That sounds amazing. I feel really re-inspired to do more quizzes prepping for this interview. I'm like, why am I only, why do I only have one? I need to have like a million more fun quizzes. They're so fun. <laughs> People love quizzes. Oh. And I will say as so, a like, like as a pimping out your software here, it's like, it is such an easy way to get people's email because People love low commitment. It's low commitment. People have fun doing quizzes. Um, I have tried a lot. You know, I've done a lot of, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 15 years now, and I've been playing in the online world pretty much that whole time. And um, people love quizzes. Yeah, people love quizzes. They do. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a staying power. And yeah. I, last, speaking of energy, last year I went a little too uh too hard because we built this AI tool. So 
if you had a description of like energy hygiene habits, you could just put that in and now our AI will make the whole quiz in two minutes and then you can like edit it because it'll go into your dashboard or whatnot. Um, or if you have it on a blog post or something, it can read that and then make the, the quiz. Um, and that, speaking of like having a million quizzes, that's what we're starting to see now. People being like, they make one and then they come back a week later and they make like five more. And it's very cool to see because I think there's so many cool concepts that could be, because you're really just like personalizing a piece of education. Like, yeah. oh, here's great energy hygiene tips but there's like 10 and maybe like three really apply to me. So the quiz just like points out the three. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's like, yeah, I would love to see what you come up with. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Um, I had something else here. I know I want to ask for tips and advice, but I feel like there was one more thing here. Okay, let's ask for tips and advice. I know there's something here I wanted to ask you, but it's just slipping my brain right now. What tips and advice do you have for empathic entrepreneurs? Um, whether it's in that starting phase, the building phase, the maintaining, just like off the top of your head, thinking about an empathic entrepreneur, do you have any tips and advice for just like doing it? Yeah, I think my biggest advice that I give to myself and other people is that it's okay that it might feel hard. Like it might feel like sometimes there is that sense of dread like you described really well where it's like you wake up and you're just like oh it's gonna go wrong i think the biggest learning that i've had is just accepting that things that you know somebody might tell you who doesn't understand uh shouldn't be hard they might be like why is that hard why 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 are you always getting upset about these things mm. it's okay that you are and I think once you, at least for myself, and I've talked to a lot of other people that are the same way, once you can let that be, then you can start to like, you know, journal through it and be like, okay, why are all these things bothering me? You know, maybe I can work on some of them or change the situation or whatever. So I can start to process through this. But yes. I think I think the biggest takeaway is it just has to start with acceptance of it. Yes. Just like, yep, yes. it's cool. Don't try to like push it away or convince yourself that you're not supposed to do this because this, why is it so hard? Uh, I love I that. Not helpful. I love that. Like what you're describing, like something I work a lot with with my clairvoyant students. We we work on releasing an the energy we call resistance because l resistance is an energy. And what so many people do, we get caught in a loop of resistance. Like we feel bad about something, like a thought, something we're doing. And then immediately we kind of hit a wall of resistance. And then we're resisting the thing we're resisting. And then you just acceptance, amusement, all of these energies can help us actually release the thing and that's kind of what you have to do as an entrepreneur because we just got to keep showing up if you're going to persist you've been doing this what you said 11 years i mean that's staying power and you just yeah you you, you got to release the resistance and and without saying it that's what you said 
you're you're like it it, it can feel hard and by accepting that it's going to feel hard what you just said to me is I'm not resisting that it's going to feel hard. Sometimes you lean into the hard. And when you lean into the hard, it doesn't feel so hard. And then it eventually can feel easy for at least a time. And then maybe then it feels hard again. And that's okay. Um, There's just an acceptance there. And that creates much more flow. And I'm speaking very much in energy terms because I see things in energy. (laughs) So um, also I wanted to say to you, you to me are a very beautiful empathic creator and communicator so i am typing you an empathic creator and communicator (laughs) you empathically create what others need and want and Mm -hmm. you're able to communicate that well Mm. so there you go (laughs) that that is accurate that is accurate i'll I'll, i will take that appreciate it well thank you so much for um taking the time to be on our podcast today And I'm going to put all of your links and resources in the show notes for everyone to check you and your company out. Is there anything that you want to mention? Any final this or that before we close out? Uh, I like how you sum that up at the end. I think it's it's the resistance energy. And it's resistance energy is energy. It's like if you spend all your energy resisting stuff that you don't want to accept, I, I think I think you just open the valve and let it run through instead of like building up a dam. You know, dams take so much energy to build. Like the Hoover Dam is like one of the most impressive feats of engineering that's ever been created. But it was like many, many years and a huge amount of energy to build that thing. Whereas, like, I don't know. I feel like there's there's better ways to do it if you just and it's a run and then and figure it out. Block, right? It's yeah, a block. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas a river just flows, you know? Yep. So we want it to flow. (laughs) So our final load is go with the flow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With you on that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. And to all our listeners today, keep creating. Mm -hmm.